am Jenny, and I've taken over the MRW studio, bitches. So for the listeners that might be new to this show, yes, this is still the Metal Rock and Whiskey show, but once again, the ladies have taken over. Sailor, and for the listeners that might be new to the show, we sometimes compare two albums from one artist against each other. We discuss, usually argue, and very professionally debate the merits, and in the end, only one album or artist reigns supreme. We are not doing that tonight. That's right, we're not. Instead, we're going to have a little bit of girl fun here. This is part two of the Lady Takeover. As we mentioned on the last show, this is going to be the beginning of a new series, which you will be able to find regularly on Metal Rock and Whiskey. But before we get into all that fun stuff, let's introduce our guest tonight. What is up, ladies? Hey, ladies. Hello. So we have two badass babes with us. We have Kayla Ellis, who is a mixologist, bartender, cocktailist extraordinaire. Hey, Kayla. How you doing? Good. I missed you. I know. I miss you, too. Well, we're back together again. Yay. I love it. I love it. And then we have another badass babe who is a new friend. Um, Love her Instagram feed. We have a blast on Instagram. Um, This is Carolyn, also known as Salcoholic, one of the best Instagram names ever. I love it. What's up, Carolyn? Hey. How you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. I'm so excited to be hanging out with all you girls. This is going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's play a little bit of music for a second. How about a chick who rocks in metal? That was Warlock. I used to love them. Dora Pesh. Some of you guys are probably too young, or all of you guys are probably too young to know who she is, but she was she was the bomb in the 80s. <laughs> she was gorgeous. She was cool. She wore black leather outfits. Um, she Yeah, she rolled it. <laughs> so I, I, I had to put a little bit of Warlock in there. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so let's start the show off like we usually do. Uh, let's discuss what's in our glasses tonight. Carolyn, what are you drinking? Well, before we started recording, I already had two old fashions, so I decided to switch it up. And um, yeah. I am... <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a new bottle for me. It's 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 actually it's whiskey. Um, it's the High West Son of Urai. Oh, I haven't tried that one yet. Good. I'm excited. Jenny, what about you? Um, a little bit uh, embarrassed about my pick tonight. <laughs> Uh, my husband started his first day at work today, so he wasn't here to guide me along the path of, of righteousness. Uh-oh. So I just went with my uh, old staple, and it's uh, Bacardi Silver. <laughs> 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 All 
right, that's it. You're out of here. Get the fuck out. Who's next? Who's next? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, honey, you drink whatever you want to drink. As long as it's not fireball. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I had to do it. I had to do it. Calling <laughs> out. Well, in honor of my one of the people I love so much on earth, Kayla, that is you. Um, I have, I will admit, I have not made myself a cocktail at home since pff, last winter, I think. I don't even know. Oh, really? I've been moving so much and traveling for work so much that all my stuff is all over the place. My bottles are all over the place. You know, cocktail stuff I intended to unpack first so that I could make cocktails for my friends. It doesn't happen. I actually... Mm-hmm unpacked a bunch of my shit specifically for this because i knew you were going to be on the show and um i made myself an old-fashioned and um i used i had some a little bit of bourbon left from indian creek distillery where i used to work in ohio that beautiful historic distillery and um i used some bitters that i actually created for them some aromatic bitters and then the lovely and gorgeous and very, very knowledgeable cocktail maven actually sent me some amazing spiced honey. Um, again, this was, geez, this, she sent me that last winter and I moved like a week later. So I never got to unpack it and use it. And, um, and give her credit for it. But uh, so I'm doing it tonight. Thank you, Cocktail Maven. It is absolutely delicious. Made myself a little old fashioned with this. It is so good. Um, really unique flavor. I love that it's not too overpowering with sweetness. It's just the perfect sweet and spiciness. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. Yum. Delicious. That sounds awesome. Um, so I've already drank my drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> I was drinking, um, actually, uh, what the, I'm going to be making later, um, so I'm going to save mine to tell you about it. Okay. Um, but I also have been drinking some H. Clark bourbon, um, and that'll just be a little uh, foreshadowing for what is to come. Just think H. Clark. Awesome. All right. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about music. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of us work in male-dominated industries. Some of us are in male-dominated communities. And in between that, Kayla, I'll have you do the cocktail segment, and you can kind of um, reveal what you have prepared for us tonight. How's that sound? Lovely. I'm awesome. excited. All right. Cool. Well, let's get into this discussion. Jenny, let's go around the room and let's first start off. Let's talk about everybody's love for music. Let's just hit the music head on right away. Let's talk about our favorite bands. Um, on the last show, Jenny, you talked about um, how you got into music as you are also a musician and a vocalist. Um, and uh, so let's talk about especially our favorite bands. I'm always curious to know what people listen to who probably listen to more relevant modern music than I do because I, I do not <laughs> I'm one of those old fuckers that's like I'll listen to my old music till I die <laughs> I got tape. <laughs> tape. all right so Carolyn let's start with you talk talk about music to us lay it down lady gosh uh, I mean what I, 
<laughs> that was my husband. <laughs> no, um, gosh, my parents definitely raised me in a music household, so um, grew up listening to a lot, just a wide variety, country, rock, um, indie, all that kind of stuff. Um, so my first true love was John Cougar Mellencamp. And when we actually bought a vinyl record player, that was the first vinyl that I bought was John Cooper Mellicamp Scarecrow. Wow. wow. Um, All right. Love, love him. Um, then, I mean, my husband, who's into a lot of, you know, the old 80s hair bands. Yeah. Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've seen Lover twice in concert. They are awesome. They were here with Journey, and then they were here with Brian Adams. And, and that's always a really cool experience. Um as far as like current, like really cool rock bands, we've really gotten into Ghost. Um, they're they're a pretty awesome band. Um, they have an interesting dynamic going on with every single album that they release. So that's who we're currently rocking to. What do they? What do they? What kind of style is it? Would you say? I, I mean, I would say it, it's not exactly metal, but it's heavier rock. Okay. Uh, Swedish metal. Sweet. <laughs> Swedish metal. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it's cool stuff. You should check them out. I yeah, really like them. I definitely so. will. We'll put it in the show. Metal. I picture like the chef from like the Muppet Show. It's not just Muppet Jumbo. Okay. That would actually be kind of amazing. I'm picturing him playing guitar right now. And like That'd death, awesome. like in the death metal voice, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. I have a feeling it does. Listeners out there, please find a snippet of that somewhere. <laughs> the Swedish chef, chef doing metal, death metal. Yes, please. It has to be. I'm, I'm certain of it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, Kayla, you are also a musician. That's right. I'm a, I am like to teach voice lessons. Um, I sang a whole lot more before than I do now, but that's just because I live and breathe and sleep and cry and bleed <laughs> cocktails and spirits. <laughs> um, but I, I love music. Um, I'm actually, I feel like it's almost like the Bacardi and Coke thing. I feel like my style of music, my things that I love in music are so anti what this show is about. And it makes me, I mean, I'm proud of it. I don't care. I I like Beyonce. (laughs) Me too. I like Beyonce too. I mean, she's amazing. Um, but as far as like, uh, like really the artistry that I look for, I'm a big fan of jazz. I love, um, like, fusion music. I love um, things like The Roots. I love Esperanza Spalding. She did a, an album, uh, I think it was, like, a year or two ago called the, um, I think it was The De-Evolution of Emily. That is a funky album. It is, like, uh, Prince and jazz and um, rock, and it's, it's like, ugly and painful and beautiful. And I, so that's, I mean, I love everything. There is no bad music, in my opinion. There's bad musicians, but. Yeah. <laughs> good point. That's a good yeah. point. We actually have talked about The Roots on this show before. Jake and I, I think it was Jake yeah. who saw them live as well, and I've seen them. Oh, man. I mean, they're yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And um, there's a new project with shit we talked about it on the show who is it from rage against the machine 
From the Roots, and so, oh, shit, a couple other bands, I can't remember, I gotta look it up. Um, and I'm... Prophets of Rage. Yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, perfect. We, we have our researcher, <laughs> our research assistant standing by, thank you very much. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, alright, if I go around the room, and I'm gonna put you guys on the spot, and I'm gonna say, and... This category is broad, so it's whatever it means to you. I'm going to say, tell me your favorite hard rock band, whatever that means to you. Jenny. If you have to pick just one. Or or the first one that comes to mind, even. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Metallica. Good girl. For me. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Carolyn, what about you? Uh, personally, for me, it would be Death Lover, but my husband is saying it should have <laughs> that Bible hanging in the background there. Wait, there's a glare. What is that? It's the Dawkins album. I used to love Dawkins. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the, that's the good stuff right there. <laughs> is that their first album or their second album? Gosh, I don't know. Do you know? You know. It's his, it's their second, he says. Their second, okay, that's what I thought. That's some awesome good old 80s, I guess they called it metal back then, although I don't, I wouldn't call it metal now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Kayla, what about you? Favorite hard I rock? Was, I don't know, it is a hard question, but I think I would say, um, I would say, I, I don't know if even Jimi Hendrix would fit, but um, Jimi Hendrix or Queen, I really love Queen, Um yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a hard question. Yeah, they both totally fit. That's why I said hard rock is. Yeah. It, it, the categories are so subjective it's these big. days. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah totally so subjective. Um, for me, if I have to say my favorite, I'm always gonna say Ozzy, because I can't oh, yeah. say Metallica anymore. <laughs> so it'll, it'll always be Ozzy first. Um, speaking of Queen. The movie is coming out, oh, or is it out? It's not out yet, is it? I saw the trailer the other day. It looks amazing. Yes. I'm so excited. Yeah, it looks so good. Yeah. The, it looks like he's killing it. Oh, my God. Totally. Yeah. I mean, he looks just like him, and he's a great actor. Um, I was really worried when I first heard they were doing it. I'm like, who the hell? How do yeah. you have the yeah. balls to even pretend you could write a movie, play him, like, Fuck you, man. But, oh, no, I'm going to eat my words for sure. And I, I'm super excited. I can't wait to, to me, see it. I feel it. Like, like it's too soon. Like, no one can be Freddy. Only I know. Can be Freddy. I know. But it's he true. looks like he's killing it. So. It's a dangerous thing to touch. It's a totally dangerous thing to touch. It really is. You can really. It yeah. needs to be told. It's a story that I feel like it's really a good time to hear this story and to be talking about his story. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. You're absolutely right. We, um. This this week, our show our show about Queen came out on Metal Rock and Whiskey, and um, I have to say, going into it, I was not a big Queen fan. I never have been. Not to say that when their songs don't come on, I don't turn the radio up and rock out because I do. Mm-hmm. I've never purchased a Queen album. I don't know what it was about them that just didn't draw me as much. But at researching for the show we did an album battle and we chose three albums so i had to listen to three so when we do our battles we listen to these albums just ad nauseum when we know sometimes we have a few weeks advance notice and so it'll just be we all of us just like 
are, are just, you know, um, overdosing ourselves on it. And then I do all the research for the timeline. I mean, we all research so that we can have, um, discuss, have an interesting discussion. And I just got a whole new level of appreciation for Queen and watched, um, rewatched a lot of videos. I rewatched Live Aid for Africa. Oh, my God. And I remember watching it. My mom and I just discussed this the other day. She has a horrible memory, really bad memory. And she actually was like, oh, I do remember that. And I'm like, see, that's amazing. If you made my mom remember something that happened in, like, the early 80s, that's a big freaking deal. Um, It gave me goosebumps to watch. Yeah, I really... When he, when he did Radio Gaga, that, that, you know, the note that was heard around the world, mm. um, that was, oh, it was incredible. So that was a really fun show to do for sure. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. So Kayla, do you want to go ahead and do your cocktail now? Sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, let's get into it. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll get into Kayla's cocktail. my love what have you got for us okay so i'm calling this the coley and since this is lady takeover uh this is inspired by ada coleman she was actually one of the first head bartenders at the savoy before henry uh harry credit came along and um she's just awesome i mean like she really worked herself from the bottom up all the way up uh to the top and the head of that bar so she's cool in my book hell yeah um she had a drink called the hanky panky yeah um i love it it was uh basically made for a regular of hers and she just thought that he had the best palate and so he wanted a a drink with some kick and it's essentially like um a play on a martini it's equal parts gin sweet vermouth so an italian vermouth and then he she would do two dashes of fernet um which is an amazing Amaro, which I know you love Amari. Mm, yes. <laughs> I know you love your Amari. <laughs> I do. Um, but Frenette is incredible. Some Italian grandmother sticks her baby toe in Frenette because that's the only way it comes out as magical <laughs> as it does. Um, so for my cocktail, I'm <laughs> essentially, I'm not really doing too much to change what she's done, but I'm kind of, we're, you know, doing whiskey here. So um, H. Clark is an incredible line of um, he does whiskeys and he does an incredible gin. Um, so he has not released this yet. I've actually gotten a bottle of it to try. He let me, I've you know, come on to uh, his distillery and tried it. It's fantastic. So it's um, a barrel aged gin, which breaks a lot of rules. But when you know what the rules are, you're allowed to break them. <laughs> yes, that's if you right. Know what rules you have, and you you you're respecting like where you're coming from. If you know what you're doing, if you know what you're talking about, you can break the rules. And so he's got a really cool gin. Um, he's doing a new American barrel toast on it. It's it's a toasted Amer- new American barrel, and um, it's actually not even released yet. He's going to release it in a couple of months. So I want y'all to check it out when you get a chance. Yeah. Um, but it's it's super cool. So we're doing his. Uh, barrel aged gin um, and I'm going to do two parts of that with uh, two parts of Coqui de Torino yes it's yes one of my favorite sweet vermouths yes um, I think it really helps this particular gin sing um, and it has that kind of with the barrel influence there um, 
it's pulling out the vanilla notes, but it's a new uh, American oak, so it's still pretty fresh, and it's also got a lot more tannins coming through since it's got a very light toast on the barrel. Um, so it's just an incredible gin all around. You got a lot of like bitter orange undertones to it. Um, and then the weight of the cookie Torino is a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. So it balances that out really nicely. I'm keeping the two dashes of Fernet. Um, and I'm using Fernet Branca because I'm a bartender, damn it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can use, there's other great Fernets out there, but. Stick with the Branca. I, yeah. yeah, you got yeah. Fernet Branca. Yeah. I mean, who are you if you're not using Fernet Branca? <laughs> um, I just got my coin a couple days ago, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's beautiful. It's the new Tennessee coin. I love it. Oh, my God. I'm uh, excited for yeah. you. Uh, I'm so happy. Well, tell the listeners uh, what that means, actually. Okay, yeah. Uh, so back in the day, uh, if you're a bartender, you would bring a shot from your bar to another bartender to say hello, goodbye, you know, all the same reasons why you take a shot in general are the reasons why you bring a shot to another bartender. And then when that's not the thing anymore, now you can go to your bar and just order a shot for yourself and the bartender. Um, Now, a long time ago, before you had dog tags in, um, whether you're like army, whatever it was, if you were a soldier, they didn't have dog tags, they had coins. And if you showed up to the bar and asked the other a soldier for his coin and he didn't have it uh, he would have to buy a round of shots if he did have it then you'd have to buy the round of shots so wow. Fernet picked up on this brilliant kind of marketing scheme and they developed the Fernet coin for bartenders so if you're a bartender and if you don't have your Fernet coin on you when someone asks you for it then you have to buy the round of shots <laughs> so I'm so proud now that I can actually have that coin <laughs> like no one's gonna catch me but it's scary now because now that people know that I own it that's the like, problem yeah, I have a I have a stupid little sack with all my coins in it because I'm like I have so many I have the Jefferson's coin I also have a Fernet coin I should take a picture they're packed away somewhere but I don't say I'm a bartender when I go out because I don't have my coins <laughs> nobody knows me here yet so I can get I can get away with it it's like wait which coin let me look at it all <laughs> so good super cool anyway so yeah I got my Fernet coin um, but yeah okay so. Back to the cocktail. I'll finish up. The last ingredient is something that I think makes this a little different. I'm adding a little bit of cray. Um, have you heard of this spirit yet? No. It's C-R-E with an, uh, an accent mark over the E. Oh, this maybe. is another shout out to like a little uh, cool kind of boutique style uh, spirit. Cray is an Appalachian liqueur coming from an Irish tradition. It's got a lot of like great honey undertones to it. Um, it's, it's really tasty. It's herbal. And we're just going to put a fourth ounce of that. Um, so it's, it's got some sweetness to it as well. So you can't do too much, but if you like it a little more bitter, just go a little healthier with the Fernet and that'll introduce a lot more bitter. Um, and then you'll be stirring that down, keep it nice and smooth. Um, and then after you can see the water line has risen a little bit in the drink, it'll be ready to be poured off the ice. And I personally like this best with a little orange zest over yes. the top. Um, and the original er, the original cocktail from Ada Coleman, uh, the Hanky Panky, actually had the orange zest as well. So this is the Coley. And uh, I think it's a good homage to Miss Ada Coleman. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so that much, Kayla. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> I so feel like good. I feel like you were reading a poem that entire time. It was it was beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. It was, was great. Amazing. And just one little note because I I've 
I'm, I'm lucky that a lot of people communicate with me when they listen to the show Metal Rock and Whiskey because in the beginning we were like bah, 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 about whiskey and people are like, whoa, whoa, I don't know the fuck you're talking about. So I try to like <laughs> explain as much as I can. So cocktails is a whole new entity to True. a lot of the listeners. So um, you mentioned um, Amari and Amaro and Fernet. So Amaro is a singular word. It's an Italian word and it means bitter. And so we're referring to bitter liqueurs and bitter liqueurs that are typically used in mixing cocktails. If you're a nut job about bitter liqueurs, you drink them by itself like I do. Mm. <laughs> um, Amari is plural so it just it's like saying amaros but you don't say amaros you say amari because it's italian um and so fernet falls into that category it's just as campari falls into that category most everybody knows what campari is um uh aperol a lot of people these days know what aperol is that falls into the category um Mm -hmm. chinar or sinar um i have struggle especially when i'm on air which one to call it most people do not know it's pronounced chinar they know it's pronounced sinar so i will often say that just so everybody knows what the heck i'm talking about um so yeah i just wanted to briefly explain what that was so next time you are at the bar and you see um fernet or you see a campari not aperol um, it's, uh, it's too oversweetened for me. Um, yeah. You see a chinar or it's, it's spelled C-Y-N-A-R. Um, ask the bartender to give you a little splash of it. Say, I've heard about these things and I'm really curious. Um, they won't charge you for a splash of it. If, you, if you're feeling bold, get a shot and sip it slowly. Um, us bartenders, uh, you know, like a fist bump to us is like we do a, we do a shot of Fernet. That's what we do as a as a hello. <laughs> um, That's right. But they're very very complex in flavor. They're very dimensional. Um, Americans are not accustomed to bitter flavor, at, not as much as Europeans are. We're getting there with our beers, mm-hmm. with our cocktails. Us mixologists have been trying to push Americans in that direction for <laughs> quite some time to get away from the oversweetened stuff and find a nice mm-hmm. balance. Um, but if you like it, if you have a splash in a bar and you like the way it tastes, you know, go out to the liquor store, grab a bottle and experiment with it. Put a couple drops in your drink. It doesn't matter what you're drinking, Jenny, your Bacardi and Coke. You could put a couple drops of Fernet in there. You would be like, oh, my God, what just happened totally. in my mouth? Yeah, totally. You yeah. can add it to end, literally anything, right? I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, okay, maybe not to Bailey's or something, but. <laughs> Well, actually, well, yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Maybe 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 not, maybe not, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was just, I have a... Yeah. Um, I recently saw one of the girls post on Instagram that uh, she was introduced to doing a shot of Fernet after a night of drinking to prevent a hangover. Is that legit? Yes, that is, it is, they are called in Italian digestivos. Um, the French call them aperitifs, or it can be an aperitivo in Italian. Okay. So they are. So the the original reason these things were created was for health reasons. So before we had modern pharmaceuticals, we took bitters, and so there's bitter tinctures and there's potable bitters, two different types. So you know your Angostura that you just put a couple drops in. 
that that's a tincture of bitters and then these bitters that we're talking about are potable bitters and these are meant to be drunk so what you did was you took all of these medicinal herbs and roots and you would macerate them and you would put them into a distilled alcohol whatever at the time it would be whatever it was so that it held and didn't go bad because we didn't have modern refrigeration and you know airtight containment and um so yeah so um the europeans typically jaegermeister would actually fall in this category as well. It, it's it's a digestive. It's the same thing. Sorry. Well, we don't Sorry. we don't drink it the right way. That's the problem. That's is we exactly we right. abuse these things. Yeah. Um, so uh, even a Goldschlager. Um, but it's all the same. It's those are over sweetened um, to be interesting to the American palate. But the point is that uh, so typically what an aperitif. What you would do is you would have like a little cocktail or a little, um, you know, a little bit of the, the, the fernet or the chinar or whatever. And you would drink one of these before you ate because it stimulates the appetite. It it's yeah. aids digestion and you can drink it afterwards to help you digest. Oh, I've eaten too much. I'm feeling really full, especially if you're eating pastas and heavy foods or German yeah. foods, you know, heavy things. And so you take a little bit. It stimulates your it stimulates your digestion. Um, and so it's absolutely my go to when I have a hangover. Um, it's so good. Well, typically what I'll do is I'll do one shot of, you know, like a fernet or whatever. And then I make soda water and I put a couple drops of Angostura or whatever. I have my own bitters in there and sip on that slowly. And man, you'll be right as rain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can add to that too. In, in Norway, they drink it for breakfast. They drink fernet for breakfast. And in South America, they drink it with Coke. Yep. So if you want to drink your fernet and Coke, that's, that's one of those times like rum and Coke makes sense to me because a lot of rums are made from the same stuff that Coke is made from. Fernet and Coke is just cool. (laughs) It doesn't need an excuse. It just is good. Um, and, uh, if you do try it by itself specifically for Fernet, um, I was actually taught this technique that is so mind blowing. I love it. If you want to experience Fernet and you don't want to be blown away or scared of it, there's a three-sip technique that I was taught by the guys that, um, okay. actually Ian Cox, I'll shout his name out, but he learned this from the Bronca family. Um, wow. So it's incredible. You the, you start off, first sip, you're going to get all of the kind of eucalyptus and mint and bitterness. So just kind of coat, let that coat your mouth because it's literally a bitter, like she said. It, it, amaro means bitter. So you just let that kind of bitterness coat your mouth. You'll get, you'll get the uh, mint, you'll get a little bit of root, like a gentian root and, and some like herbal notes, but more specifically just the bitterness and the root. Then the second sip, after you kind of let that settle, you're going to get all of the really floral and the more herbal notes. So you'll get more, uh, a little bit more of like the hibiscus, uh, cardamom, the spices, um, and then you let that settle. The third sip, it's mind-blowing. This is the same drink. The third sip will be the sweetest it has ever tasted to you. It'll be like a, like a chocolate orange almost, like a bitter chocolate orange. So it's a really cool spirit, and I suggest trying it that way because I don't want you to be turned off by it the way that you made the you know the vomiting sound to Jaeger. <laughs> it's because we drink it wrong, like yes. you said. Yes. No, yeah, no, it's no. You're absolutely right, though. You're absolutely exactly. right. We don't treat. We bastardize Jaegermeister in this country. It's it's mm-hmm. makes it makes me sick to my stomach. I mean, it's a beautiful. It's it's a historical spirit. It's well crafted. It's it's not 
not garbage at all. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it was medicine at one time. And and these these things should be um, they they should be honored and respected in our opinion. I mean, drink however you want to drink. I always say that, but <laughs> I also <laughs> yeah, say drink thoughtfully. If you're drinking it, that's okay. You're yes. drinking the Frenette. There's not a bad way to drink it. Right. There's no wrong way to drink it. But if you want to enjoy it and actually get give yourself an opportunity, like just take a second with it. That's yeah. all. Just yeah. take a second with it, and it's good. And we talked. We've, we've talked about that on the show before a little bit. I've talked about what the way you describe how to taste fernet properly, Kayla. Is that's like the ABCs of sensory training. When I do sensory training classes, um, when I used to be at Indian Creek Distillery, uh, at the end of every tour, they would come upstairs and I held a mini whiskey class, and that's how you did your basic tasting. Um, we had an elevated tasting. And I would say to everybody, the first thing I'm going to have you do is smell it. We're going to smell it. That's you're going to get well acquainted with it as a scent. And I always recommend doing that because your brain's getting a little bit of information and your palate knows a little bit what to expect, especially if it's going to be a really foreign flavor to you. And so these, this was a lot for people who are not whiskey drinkers because you know what? People who don't drink whiskey immediately go, ooh, ah, yeah. ah, all these things, you know, <laughs> off the faces and the, ah, ah, <laughs> you know, so I would say, all right. So then I'd say, first sip, let's just get that over with. Just take that sip. It's going to be, and I would tell them all these bad things about it because it's a psychological thing. And yeah. so, of course, when they sipped it, it wasn't as bad as what I just described. Like, it's going to be hot. It's going to your throat. Just get over it. And I would say, but whatever you sip thoughtfully. So when you take a sip of something new, think about it. If it's mm-hmm. hot or sour or sweet or so- whatever you don't like about it, focus on that. Good. Do that. Focus on it. All right, you got that. What else, what other information do you have now? Your second sip is going to taste totally different than your first sip. You've coated your tongue, your brain and your palate are talking to each other, and you got over the, oh, what is this? I don't know what it is. It's foreign to me. Um, and, and so that's, that's pretty typical of a lot of spirits, but especially well-layered spirits. Every sip, you're going to taste something a little bit different. If it's been crafted properly... And not only that, but the next time you come back to this day, I can still sip on like Fernet or Chinar, which I drink all the time. And sometimes, like, ooh, oh, I forgot. And I drink it all the time. And I'll still get yeah. this like, unexpected excitement or whatever. So, yeah. 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 Kayla knows I have a thing about Amari. <laughs> I love it. As you should. As you should. I, I have several tattoos. One day Fernet and Angostura will be and you know campari those are going to be tattooed on my body one day mark my words i like it i like it we'll do it together i'll come i'll come down there yeah we'll do it totally that'd be a blast let's do it (laughs) we'll record it live oh i love it all right we'll do it this is a pact this is girl pact i'm gonna gonna pinky promise Well, I got my whiskey woman, and today was my one-year anniversary, apparently, which I didn't realize. So next is my co- all my. I'm trying to figure out what part of my body I'm going to put all my cocktail stuff on. So we'll yeah. have to. We'll do that definitely. Yeah, I know. I'm running out of territory. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> There's some real estate issues going yeah. on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Kayla, so much. That was a fucking fantastic cocktail segment. And um, one of these days, Kayla and I are going to roll out Love on the Rocks. It's going to happen. Um, we've yeah. both had a – Kayla opened an entire second bar that she manages and writes, runs the cocktail program and training. Wow. And you, she, she – Kayla's she's a fucking badass. Like, she's, she's a little bit – You can tell. You can tell the way you speak about about it all, that you have oh. this, this passion for it. It just, it just exudes, like, this – 
is incredible. She's very Thank good you. at what she does. Yeah. I have sat at her bar, actually. And that's tough to say yeah. because we're all from the Instagram community. But I have in person sat at Kayla's bar. I have watched her make cocktails. I have watched her interact with guests. She made me a mocktail because I was driving, unfortunately, down in New Orleans. <laughs> um, but we, we, <laughs> we tasted wine together. That was awesome. Yeah. I was really yeah. appreciative that you asked um, my advice on that, too. And I've seen her, um, you know, in her element, and she's a badass. Totally. Uh, but, thank you so much. That means of the course. world. Thank you. I mean it. I totally mean it. Because if you sucked, I'd tell you. I feel like she sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need that. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to know. You gotta let me know. Tell me when I'm slipping. <laughs> well, ladies, I don't know about you guys, but I got to pee. So how about we take a break before we get into this discussion? The next part is going to be a really fun discussion. <laughs> I can't wait. Shall we? The guy who crept through the shadows every day. The portals of the closure watch all the portals of death for your way And we're back. So ladies, those of you that are in a male-dominated industry, let's talk a little bit about that. Carolyn, why don't you start? So... Um, as far as industry goes, I'm, I'm actually in a female-dominated industry, which probably used to be male. I, I work in the pharmaceutical world. Oh, yes, it, has, it did. Used to be male. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that definitely used to be 100% male. Um, I don't know many male pharmacists anymore. Um, they are few and far between, and there are definitely very few male uh, pharmacy technicians. Um, but as far as communities go, I am a member of the uh, Kansas City Whiskey Society, and then obviously just Instagram in general, being a, a girl who loves whiskey and bourbon on Instagram, um, there's definitely a lot of, you don't know what you're talking about. Ah, <laughs> 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 sigh. And, um, yeah, yeah, it gets, it gets frustrating for sure. Um, it's been almost two years, I guess, since I kind of started this, and... Um, and just exploring my palate and exploring bourbon in, in general. And, um, you know, I, I've i definitely uh, cued into exactly what I like. And, and it's funny to have those, those discussions with, with men. They're like, oh, you're only getting anywhere because you're a girl or because you have boobs or, you know. Um, but, and sure, maybe that's part of it. You know, guys get turned on by women who like... The, the whiskey and the sports and the I smoke cigars too and you Same. know and and, her, and that's fine you know that's cool but I, I do I legitimately like all those things I'm not posing I'm not just like trying to hang with the guys and right. I'm trying to be cool like that's just me I, I love all of those things and um yeah. <laughs> but uh, imagine if yeah. imagine if we had a guy one of our Instagram dudes because we've got tons of them um Carolyn, you, you and I share some of the same dudes on, <laughs> that sounds terrible, on Instagram. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Whoa, that's not what I meant. <laughs> anyway, but imagine if we he had to explain that he actually likes his whiskey and cigars. He's just not doing it to look cool or be sexy. The fuck? No dude has to explain that. No dude has to say, oh, I actually watch hockey games because I like it. Yeah. We're still there. It's 2000 and almost 19. Mm -hmm. We're still fucking there. 
that you have to explain that. That I have to explain. We all have to explain that. There needs to be, like, justification for why you love what you love. That are considered male-dominated things. So, when you... So, tell me, Carolyn, when you first started your whiskey journey, how did you feel... I mean, I know how I felt starting my journey, and and it's a little different for me because I've been in the industry since right out of high school, Um, but did you feel like you were entering into something that wasn't exactly approachable for women, or it wasn't widely accepted for women? Like, you know, did you feel like it was kind of a guy thing? Because I hear that from a lot of women. Yeah, I definitely felt like it was a guy thing. I felt like they just felt like, you don't know what you're talking about. I, I feel like if I had got into it, like, oh, I like I like wine and I like I like spin off ice and stuff. You know, like, I'm, oh yeah, of course you're a girl. Of course you like wine. It's so acceptable that it, that they're all put off by. Wait, you like bourbon? Really? Like, I, I don't. Know. It, it it just. I feel like I have to fight that much harder for my opinion to be heard. And and so, but again, it, it also. It also feels that much greater when someone messages me and is like, well, hey, what do you think about this bourbon? Or what are your thoughts on this? Or what's your go-to rye? Or whatever, you know. That feels great, you know. But it's just a ridiculous thing. I have to fight that much harder. But it must feel really good to kind of, not really prove the people wrong, but people that kind of doubt you and give you that second look and you're like, boom, that just happened. Like, I just said that. Like, that's got to feel so satisfying at that point. Yeah. I think that's in anything that we do that we feel unheard, in my opinion, Um, because that's in a lot of areas of my my life, for sure, certainly is in whiskey. Um, I also felt like it wasn't an approachable thing to me, and I was a fucking bartender. I I mean, (laughs) you know, I I mean, sure, a lot of it had, I I feel excited, so I'm 45, Um, I feel very excited for the bartender's of Kayla's age and even younger, I have helped to pave, not pave, I have helped to tear the motherfucking walls down with my bare fucking hands, bleeding and breaking all my goddamn nails so that female bartenders can come into this industry and it's a little more approachable to them. We'll get into the other side of that, Kayla. I'm sure you want to speak about that um, a little bit more, but... Um, I, so Carolyn, my experience when I first, when I first got on Instagram, I was not focusing on me personally. I used to own a pinup studio in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and, uh, I kind of used it for that. It was before you could have a business account. And so that's what I was focusing on most. And so I'd talk about hair and makeup and retro clothes and all this shit. Um, and then one day so then I got sick. I was sick for several years, about two years, and I couldn't drink for about a year and a half, which just try to imagine, those of you that know me, try to fathom what that was like. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I, I one day bought a bottle of whiskey. I'm like, I'm, I can fucking drink again. Yeah. And I, I felt like, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I was like hulking out like. <laughs> And I posted on Instagram and I got more likes on it than anything else I'd ever posted. Well-crafted, well-designed pictures. And I'm like, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) So I started talking a little bit more about whiskey, a little bit more about cocktails on Instagram. And the people who were responding to me were actually wanting to 
communicate. They were actually wanting to be like, oh, hey, me too. Hey, friend, you know, and I was like, oh, there's a community here. I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, And I've met all of my podcast dudes, all of my podcast girls. I've met you all because of Instagram, which is cool as shit. Um, But I, I have done a lot of experiments where I have taken a beautiful picture. I I have a feeling, um, Carolyn, you may have had this experience. I've taken a beautiful photo of a bottle of whiskey or a glass of whiskey, and I've worked hard on the lighting. I actually, I pay for an app that allows you to take beautiful pictures with your phone. I sometimes would use my real camera, which is fucking pain in the ass. Um, And... I've spent maybe an hour, like, lining the shot up and moving the bottle and whatever, and I get this gorgeous photo, and I write these beautiful tasting notes on it, and I post it, and I'm like, ah, that's really, you know, God, I'm so proud of it. This I'm really, winner. yeah, yeah and, I'm, and I, not that I want, yeah. that I want the um, acclaim or something, but I'm trying to share it with the people that I know will appreciate it. That, I, I guess that's all, you know, yeah. and I'll get, you know, however many likes on it. And then the next day... I'm like, oh, I love this T-shirt so much. And I am wearing pants, by the way, everybody. We've been through this several times for the past couple of years. I just happen to wear shorts in the house all the time because I'm always hot and I don't like pants anyway. Um, I take a picture. I'm holding a bottle of whiskey. I have my favorite Star Wars shirt on. I take a picture of it. The lighting is crap. I don't know. I haven't. I have not edited it or anything. I post it and it gets like 100 more likes. And some people may think that's cool. Some people not, may not get why that's a problem. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Have you had that and experience? Any, that, anything <laughs> that includes a selfie or myself or my ass, it's definitely, uh, definitely gets more of the likes than anything else. Which, yeah. yeah. That's got to be really <laughs> frustrating for, for you ladies. Um, having put so much time and this is your passion and you want to put something out there with your your opinion. You go through this lengthy description on your Instagram page, and you get you know so so many likes or whatever, and that's fine, right? But then it's like boobs, and that's it. Like you can't. It's not like you're not really being. How does that feel like you're not being fully? I don't know. If respected might be the right word, but how does that make you guys? I think you kind of piss you off. I think you worry that what you're well, sure. I mean, I don't, you know, I know that a lot of it is the algorithm. I I study the, I study social media a lot. It's a big part of what I do for a living. Um, I literally get hired for jobs from social media. So I have to keep up on what's happening. And the algorithm does pinpoint faces and the algorithm wants faces. The algorithm wants less writing which sucks if you're into whiskey or cocktails because you have a lot to say about it there's that's kind of the whole point of it um the algorithm wants video content more than still photo content um and you know this algorithm is based on the general what the general public is doing and that fucking sucks because someone's making that decision for all of us because i do feel that in the heart of our community the whiskey community that that post that I crafted with the bottle and the glass would get more attention. The other dudes have seen my face already. They don't give a shit. You know, they've seen my legs. They don't care. Maybe they do, but it's like, whatever. Um, But the general public says, no, we're vapid, plastic, soulless, fucking, I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. And this translates. I'm 
I try not to be one of those pages that posts, you know, nothing but bottles. I feel like that just gets tired of. That's a while. boring too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which is why I include selfies, or I try to get a little more creative with my content. But, um, but yeah, it was astounding how many that Blanton's post I did with about a couple weeks ago with you know the Blanton's and that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> that was fucking amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kayla, I'm sure you can also um, attribute you're you're in a little bit different um, facet of this, but being behind the bar, we would all yeah. love to believe at the end of the day that everybody that interacted with us and everybody that tipped us well did it because we have knowledge and we're good at our jobs and we we are overachievers, as we know, yeah. and we work yeah. very hard and we care about Mm -hmm. your experience a Mm -hmm. good kayla wrote an amazing post once about what it means to be a bartender that is a term that has become diluted and muddled often you know because you have Mm -hmm. mixologists now and you have coctologists and all that stuff these are all very very different things um so kayla do you want to touch on what i i loved that post so much what it means to be a bartender for people that don't really get it yeah, I mean, I think you're talking about the one where I was I was showing the cleanup at the end of the night, basically, like the hours after the shift is already done. Um, it's a lot of the same things over and over. It's details. It's caring about details and doing those same details right every single time um, because it's reflecting on this bigger picture. You know, like, yes, I'm here to make people happy because that's this is. I've got, you know, just this much influence in life. I've got, we all have just like this little sphere of influence. We've got people who come and sit with us for a short amount of time. And um, in that little blur of a moment, you create regulars, you create people that um, become lifelong friends, and you get to open up someone's world uh, by making them a drink. Like, I think that the one of the most beautiful things you can do in this world to love on another person is to let them feel known. And so if you're a bartender, you're letting them feel known through a drink. Amen. You, know, you got you got to know them and you put <laughs> ingredients together and you put those things together for them, for their palate, so that they could be known in that moment. I think that's just beautiful. And um, it's a lot of the little things over and over and over and over again. Um, and so like the other day I had a, a, a guy, he called me a liar. Um, <laughs> he said that I didn't pour him Buffalo Trace. And then I was pouring him a uh, Southern Comfort. Um, <laughs> wait a minute! Whoa, whoa! Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let's do this slowly. Yeah. Wait, 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 let's do this. Let's do this real slow, because I'm gonna okay. have a heart attack and I'm gonna punch Take things. All right. No, okay. No, I, I did. I, okay. I did punch things. I afterwards. would. I would have. I. Unfortunately. I have. I have experienced a few similar things like this. For those of you that don't know, Buffalo oh Trace God. is a bourbon. It is a distinct tasting bourbon. Um, even though it is kind of a base product from the distillery that is Buffalo Trace, it's their base spirit, it is still very distinct in flavor. Southern Comfort is also very distinct in flavor. Southern Comfort is a sweetened, syruped whiskey. They're, they do not taste alike at all. Even for an untrained palate, they don't taste alike. Oh, no. Now I'm going to take a breath. Continue. Yeah, um... <laughs> He, he said several times, so I pour him up two ounces, and then um, he questions it to his server, and I'm standing in his eyesight. Like, he can, he can see me, 
And um, so as soon as she told me that he was questioning it, I stopped everything. I was on, it was a very busy night too. Um, so I'm like slamming out drinks in the well. And I stopped everything with tickets still printing to take the bottle of Buffalo Trace to his table and present it and said, is this the bottle that you're drinking from, sir? This, is this what you enjoy? Is this what you... And he said, yeah, well, that's, what I, that's the bottle, all right. I said, okay, well, this is what I poured from, sir. So he's insinuating that I'm adding Southern Comfort to a Buffalo Trace bottle, which <gasps> if you... Yeah, like if... Wow. I mean, if you hear the fact that the way that I just talked about a cocktail a second ago... This person right here is making these assumptions about me and about bartenders in general based off of, like, just standing in front of me. So, um, you know, I, I pour him up another. I was like, well, would you like another pour of it, sir? You know, I'm, I'm choosing the gracious path. And I'm like, okay, I've got – I can pour you another. So I pour him another. He goes around – you know, he's sitting in, in eye line the entire time. Uh, at the end of his meal, he drank the second pour. Um he finishes it and then goes to his server again, says that, you know, this is outlandish. This is wrong. Uh, that I didn't get, I didn't get Buffalo trace. He goes to the manager on duty, the floor manager that night. Cause I'm, I'm the bar manager, but I'm not, I wasn't floor managing, you know, I'm, I'm running the well. So, uh, he goes to the male ma- manager, um, says, you know, they did not pour me Buffalo trace. I drink Buffalo trace every single day. I know what Buffalo Trace tastes like. Fuck off. You know what I do every day of my life, oh. a million times over, every single day, I pour up spirits, Buffalo Trace being one of them, frequently. I think I would know if I mistakenly or intentionally poured up Buffalo Trace. It's just, you know, it's the whole thing. So, um, you know, if you if you go to a bar and you have bartenders that don't care about what they do, Maybe they might do something like that. That's a thing that's happened before, but it's so rare. Why yeah. would anybody do that? There's no reason to do that. So being a bartender is caring about details every single day, doing the same things over and over and over and over again because you care about the end result, the bigger picture. And uh, no, I'm not going to pour a, another whiskey in your drink if that's not what you ordered. That's silly. Just ridiculous. I How can't. does this end with this dude? Was he or was he not punched out? (laughs) Jenny for the win. (laughs) I did black out for a bit, I think, so maybe, but... I love it. Oh, my God. I cannot confirm or deny. I I will tell you that, um, you know, the manager ended up taking it off his tab altogether. Because he didn't know the full situation. He thought he was just complaining about the price, and he was just trying to take care of a disgruntled guest. He didn't know that the guy is actually calling me a liar. He's calling our bar program a lie. So, you know, I hate that because it kind of confirms, like, yeah, you're right. Thanks for catching us on that, you know, and I don't like that. So I did um, punch whatever was next to me, and it happened to be, luckily, just a bunch of ice. So (laughs) 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 I just punched into a big pile of ice. That's all I did. (laughs) And then then walked outside and took a couple deep breaths and came back inside. I think if we were to talk about – I'm going to ask you a couple questions about our industry – um, cause Kayla and I are in the same industry, um, different, little different facets, but we could talk for hours about the, I, I will, I will speak very plainly about this, the horrendous treatment of women in our industry. It's still being rifled with straight up abuse, straight up abuse. Um, not to mention 
being treated like minorities, being paid un- poorly and unfairly, being treated unfairly, being not as respected as um, someone who has a penis that has maybe a fraction of the knowledge and training and experience that we have is still such a huge issue in our industry. And I love our industry. Don't get me wrong. I know you do too, Kayla. I'm very protective of it. I feel very strongly about it. I absolutely feel that the spirits industry and the service industry is something that I think we are moving back to what it used to be. It used to be a white collar profession back in the day. Being a bartender was a lifetime position. That's why so many cocktail books and so many cocktails that we're all drinking today, like, you know, you mentioned the, the Savoy and these bartenders wrote their cocktail. I mean, because it, it was all their recipes of their lifetime career working there. Um, it, it was a very coveted position to serve food as well was because you 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 could have been the chef, basically. These were very well-respected positions um, a long time ago. Um, recently, it was last year, um, there was a huge shakeup in Louisville which I kind of consider the epicenter of our industry in many ways because I'm a whiskey person. Some could say it's San Francisco. Could, some could say it's New York City. For me, if I'm focusing on whiskey, I would say Louisville is our epicenter. They have some of the best whiskey bars whiskey and whiskey cocktail bars in the country. Um, there's a very famous bar, and um, it turns out that the bartender had been raping women. The owner bartender, I'm sorry, he owned the establishment. I know you know what I'm talking about, Kayla. Um, yeah. It, there were, so it came out just one day on Facebook. Someone posted it on Facebook and on Yelp, and um, turns out that there had been, these allegations had been posted publicly for years, and nobody wanted to hear it. It had been reported to the police, and they didn't take. They didn't do anything about it. They didn't even go in and investigate. It was just, oh, you're a drunk girl making allegations against this guy who owns the bar. Silly, stupid, drunk girl. Fucked him and probably felt bad about it the next day and made these false allegations. This is literally what happened. Well, this time it was a little bit different because Me Too happened, and then Me Too happened, and then Me Too, and it was 30-something women that had wow. stories not the, some of the stories would make you a lot many of them had gone to the hospital the next day there's forensic evidence this is no bullshit dudes everything crashed that day bar closed immediately all the bartenders left um quit on site it was it, it was unbelievable and here is this this is this was 20, I think it was 20, 2017 or 2018 just a year ago um yeah. and women had openly been accusing this guy and nothing was done about it until it was one too many. And this is still very, very prevalent in our industry, not only for female workers in our industry, but also our guests. So those of us that are female bartenders or female servers, we're very, you may find us to be very aggressive about women when, when you're in our bar. And you may be confused why that is. It is because we know what happens in our establishments, unfortunately. We know what happens or can happen in our industry. And so we take great measures to watch the women around us very closely. Um, There are posters in a lot of bars um, uh, that say, if you feel unsafe, if you're on a date and you don't feel safe, signal your bartender. 
There are there there are some young people that develop some really cool stuff. Um, nail polish that you can dip into your, put on your nail, dip it into your drink, and it will turn colors if your drink has been roofied. Um, I can't tell you how many times still young women will walk away from their drinks to go to the bathroom and just leave their drink sitting on the bar. And I immediately take it and put it behind the bar. And I'm just like, and then I have, I'll, I'll tell them when they come back, don't ever, like, mom, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> you know, yeah. that is very, very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I have broken up fights with a boyfriend or husband, you know, bullying or abusing his woman. I mean, it just rough it's rough it's super our industry can be really really rough and the worst part of it is what you just described kayla that's that's a really tough spot to be in as a woman especially with a male guest because i have had similar experiences and some of them have gotten belligerent and then my safety is in jeopardy because this asshole doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about yeah so yeah yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, like the angel shot is one of my favorite things. Uh, there, if you guys look up the story on the angel shot, I'm actually really bad at remembering, like, because I know that there's like different code if like you get the angel shot with ice or not. But basically, if someone orders an angel shot, there's trouble. You need to figure out what they need to do, what you can do to help in that situation. Or if you are in danger, order an angel shot. Um, I've been trying to tell more and more bartenders about this just because mm-hmm. um, it is code to say like, hey, there's a problem going on. If you as, if you, as a female, if you order an angel shot or as a male as well, if you just if you say angel shot, I'm going to be a little bit more attuned to something going on. So I love mentioning that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really tough in this industry. There's like the, the actual physical violence that exists. And then there's just like the daily disrespect, you know, like there's a different. And I think that that's just true being a woman in general, no matter what industry you're in. But specifically, um, you know, I've had people I've had people who are supposedly working for me that have told me flat out, I do not respect you as my manager because you're a woman. Like said that sentence didn't you know wasn't saying anything halfway it just said flat out i don't respect you i have problems with you because you're a woman and laughed about it you know like this was like oh isn't that cute isn't that funny that that's why i have problems um and you know some of them no longer work at that establishment and i've outlasted a lot i've worked really really hard for a long time to kind of work to the top and you know when it comes to guests they'll tell you stuff like um (laughs) <laughs> they'll say like oh can the guy behind you make my old fashioned <laughs> and so like now now How do you respond to something like that well now i have an answer um i've i've got enough time under my belt that i can like i can you know buck up my shoulders and say actually sir i think you want me to make it <laughs> and and when i make it and it knocks his socks off then he comes back to the bar and asks me to make his drinks for him every single time that's how i change what i can um, it doesn't fix the problem, but it did change that guy's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think too, like there's, there's a lot of women who aren't given the opportunity to, um, really thrive. And I take challenges like, you know, like, please give me a challenge because if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be better than you at it. Um, and that's just how I am, but I know that not everybody's the same way. So for some people, you know, you put that challenge in front of them and they're just going to walk away from it. So I think there's a lot of really talented, smart people out there that don't get the opportunity to uh, to shine in this industry um, because they've they've just been knocked over the head so many times with you can't do it. We don't want you to do it. Um, but they're missing out. You know, we we are missing out. And it's fun to kind of prove people wrong. 
Um, so I, I just take the challenge aspect of it, and that's that's what I think all of us hopefully can do together is to keep backing each other up and keep ourselves informed. Um, the only way to win is to be better. <laughs> Absolutely. And on the flip side of, of the difficult part of this discussion, which for you guys listening, you might be you might feel like you're bummed out at the moment, and mm-hmm. you kind of should be. I kind of want you to be bummed out for a minute. It is a bummer. That Welcome to our lives. Welcome to being women. <laughs> but there's a flip side, too. So the flip side is this. There are more female distillers right now than there ever has, well, than there has been in a very, very long time. Um, so many distilleries are promoting women. So many um, women are opening distilleries themselves. So many women are getting into the roles that they were locked out of for a very long time. They're working, um, you know, in, in production facilities in some facet of the spirits industry. Um, liquor reps and um, spirit ambassadors there's more women than ever before in that role. Actually, I'm one of them, and I'm very proud of it. Um, I'm very proud to see um, if I go through some of my social media feeds, uh, the amount of female brand ambassadors is fantastic. The amount of female mixologists that are notable um, it is more than I've ever seen. I've been in this industry for a very, very long time. So that's the good work. That's the good stuff. The good yeah. stuff that's changing is that, Carolyn, you and I are sitting here together on this podcast because we have an intense passion for whiskey that was considered to be not only a man's drink, but your freaking grandpa's drink. It wasn't even cool <laughs> for a long time. Um, you know, and we're knowledgeable about it and we, we've bonded over it and, and, and we're here right now talking about it on the airwaves. And for some reason, people listen to, to this podcast every week and I'm super excited about it. Um, so that's the positive side of all of it. Um, same thing in music, man. Uh, <laughs> now they're really fucking tough industry for women. Really, really tough, you know, um, our favorite bands. Did any of us name a female band? I don't think we did. I had Esperanza Spalding. Oh, you, that, yeah, you talked about Esperanza Spalding. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did say Beyonce, but. Yes, that's true. <laughs> she's, she's a one-person band. Yeah, pop, I think it would be a little excluded from it, but, uh, you know, rock, hard rock, all of that, you know, tough. Very true. Um, you know, When Particles Collide is kind of our house band here at Metal Rock and Whiskey. Right. They they wrote and played our theme song for us, and Sasha's talked about this on the show before where she's had trouble getting into the venue, and she's like, no, no, but I'm actually in, I'm in the band, I'm the singer and guitar player of the band that's on the poster playing tonight. You have to let me in. Um the whole pretty good for a girl comes from that statement. I don't know how many times, I don't know how many times you guys have heard that um, in some form or another. That's, that's it's pretty good for a girl. Or, or yeah, you did pretty good without saying yeah. it. Meaning for you, that was good. You know, for, yeah. for your peoples, that was good, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, again, hopefully we're always trending upwards and... Um, that's really the point of this is that, um, you know, I got very lucky when I found my dudes to do metal rock and whiskey with, they are, they are all married to very strong women. Um, I have met two of the three wives. One of them is right here right now today. Um, I also met Mrs. Bourbon geek and she, trust me, she's a badass. Um, and I have a, I, I know Jake's wife is a badass too, just from the shit that the comments that she's made and the stuff he's told me. <laughs> I think he's a little afraid of her. Um, 
so I got lucky with those dudes that there's they you know equality is not even it's not even a question for them it's not even a discussion um you know we are we all feel like we're on the same level I don't even think you know about the fact that we're different genders it's so fucking irrelevant um so I got really lucky in that respect and I think that is and you know hopefully is an ongoing trend and will will get better as we move forward but you know, Jenny, you were in a band. You've been on stage singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I mean, being on stage singing, it, it's it's an amazing thing, and, and it's a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. And my heart is, like, you just put your soul and your heart out there when, when you're doing something you love. You ladies know that. I'm talking about, you know, your whiskey and, and, and everything, but... You know, you kind of like, oh, this, yeah, this, this is the that band with the chick. I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. me. I'm the chick, <laughs> and and they're expecting you to do your stereotypical like chick band songs. <laughs> but then we go out there and we're playing like Metallica and covers. I mean, Bob Marley. We we just we oh, did yeah. it all, <laughs> and you kind of just you prove them wrong, and you're like, yeah, we're the band with the chick, but we're twice as as badass as any other band with with a dude i mean sailor you mentioned before you said um being in your industry is it's like being it's like being a minority Mm -hmm. i'm hispanic i'm a minority i know what that's like and you know that with every minority there's the stereotype you're working the bar business you know that there's your you know your bartender is just big titties and they're going to serve you a drink and you're like no there's more to it than that Mm -hmm. we're you know, there's an art behind it. There's a passion. There's a love behind it. So it's just great to to, to go out there, and prove people wrong, and, and be a badass bitch. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because that definitely is. I mean, I also have been on stage in bands, and um, I, I I my guitar player kicked someone in the head once. We were on a high stage because he was making lewd comments about my crotch. I'm like, dude, are you fucking really? Can you kidding me right now? Like, it was a hardcore band too. I didn't even look. It was we were gross. Like, I'm guttural <laughs> screaming. Like, what? What are you even doing? Um, you know, in the bar industry as well. I have worked. You know, back in the day, I worked in clubs where it was, you know, nobody gave two fucks. What? Who? Nobody cared. It was to give me the slop drink. Here's my money. You know, um, but you were expected to, I had a boss who told, I remember I came to work, he's like, where's your lipstick? Yeah. And I, just, and I didn't grow up like that at all. My mother is a hardcore feminist to the nth degree. And I just remember being like, what? Wait, what? That's a, are you allowed to ask me that? And this is, fuck, this was the early 90s. And I went and put damn lipstick on. I didn't yeah. feel like I had a choice though. Like that was the, right. that was part of the dress code, you know, that we yeah. had to, you know, and I mean, I, and I still experience it today, of course, you know, like, if you don't, there, I can tell there are certain guys that at the bar, if I'm not flirting with them, I'm not going to get tipped as well. I know that's yeah. what they're looking for. And it's like, I'm not a, this isn't a whorehouse, dude. Like, if you, like, dial a date or go on Tinder and get a Tinder date, I don't know what to tell you, mm-hmm. but I'm here to serve you drinks and, you know, I'm happy to have a conversation with you and I care about your experience and I want to, I'm taking care of you right now, but that's not part of it. I'm not going to give you a happy ending, man. That's not, that's not, that's not what's going on here. Yeah. It's <laughs> with that, that ego boost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Carolyn, like you said, you know, but do you really, you know, do you really, you know, I've gotten that question before. 
in the distillery. I'm in a motherfucking distillery that I work at. I'm leading a class on whiskey and a tasting. And I had a man say to me, but you don't really drink it, do you? Yeah. But I don't. (laughs) And I looked at him like, you're not really wearing pants, are you? (laughs) And he just looked at me and his wife like elbowed him. They were he was older. And I just went. Like, and I saw a lot of the young guys get really uncomfortable in that moment. And, you know, 10 years ago, I don't know what I would have done. I would, I think, I don't know. That's another I'm tough fired. thing. Like, yeah, but how do you, no, I think I would have just probably recoiled and be like, well, yeah. yeah. Instead of saying something smart ass back to him, but in a funny way, because you also don't want to alienate these people, even though they're dumbasses. They're still your guests. <laughs> You're still supposed to be taking care of them as a customer. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't that that's another thing is like as we get older we learn how to handle these things better. Um most of us I've seen a few young women have just man snap snap comebacks and be like, "Damn, that's good." God, why didn't I think of that? You know, and just ha- with this finesse, you know, um cuz you want to educate them and win them over. I mean, you want to punch them yeah. in the face too, but um yeah, Do we I think- have an option where we have all of that. <laughs> I want an option like, can I make them like me and punch them in the face? Like, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna punch you in the face. This is what's gonna, gonna happen. You're, you're gonna sit in this chair. That's the that's part of the problem. I'm gonna punch you in the face. Then I'm gonna educate you, and then you're really gonna like me, and you're gonna have a wonderful experience. And that's what's gonna happen. Wait, that sounds hot. I won't go to that far. <laughs> I know, right? I'm kind of into it. So good. Um, it's funny because we, we kind of talked about music early on as well. And um, I feel like metal is very similar to whiskey. And I think that was part of the draw of doing this show. I used to, I mean, I've been listening to metal since I was. I don't know, 12, maybe 11, 12, 13. And I would get asked a lot or it would be assumed that I'm listening to it because my boyfriend likes it or to be cool. I don't really like it myself. You know, I'm going to these shows because I'm with a boyfriend or I don't know, whatever, you know, it's a very similar thing that it's like with whiskey. Like I I can't really like it. Right. That's not possible. It's not for you. No, it's not for me. I mean, um, we talked about this last week on the show, making space for women at shows. I don't know if all of you guys have experienced this. Um, we talked a little bit about the Riot Girl movement in the 90s. And a lot of these female-fronted bands would literally not start the show until they said, all right, dudes, get the fuck to the back. Women to the front. Everybody come out front. Because we don't, we aren't safe physically usually. Um, if shit starts getting crazy, most of us are not, don't have the stature that the men have. And, um, and and sometimes they're just not as aware. And so we do have to kind of go in the sides or in the back because it isn't as safe if it's going to be like, you know, moshing and shit like that. Um, although I will say I have been saved by men several times. Thank you so much. Um, being caught in the mosh. (laughs) Yeah. I've talked about it on the show. Favorite, one of my favorite rock show moments. Um, my husband has been in many bands over the years, and one of my favorite moments was we were at a show, and I was eight months pregnant Ooh. with our son. Whoa! And a mosh pit broke out. <laughs> and it, oh wow! It formed a circle around me. Oh my god! 
Probably they were like, I love it. <laughs> Stay away. Oh, <laughs> Don't touch the pregnant lady. <laughs> you know, wow. there and and yeah, that's incredible. Um, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Pop big balls for going there. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That speaks to the community too. Like that's the community and and the music of people. Like if you get, like I remember, like if someone fall fell down, like everyone in that like vicinity just stops, helps them up, and you wait, and until everybody's back up, we good. Right. And you go again. Right. That's the community thing. That's awesome. And that's the majority. And that's you know just like at the bar, we don't experience this shit every single night. You know, this is the the majority is good. You know, I've told many stories on this podcast about being pulled out of pits and like several men like lifting like everybody like I'm not a crowd surfer, but to get me out of the shit, you know. And a friend of mine and you know I've had men do the same thing like lock arms around me like to like get me out because I'm tiny anyway. Um, and the, yeah, I mean, that is a community thing for sure. Um, it's, and I, I have to say that I feel like in metal, I think that it's the opposite of what people think, but I have had the most gentle men and the most, and you see, you see women get more space in metal than any pop or like, you know, radio yeah. rock show I've ever been to. It's so true. Because it, it, they're drunken douchebags usually, you know, but the, yeah. the, the my metal dudes are very aware and very considerate and considerate of each other as well. Yeah. Um, I, I was at, uh, I can't remember who it was. I was at a metal show years ago and it was the same thing. A moshpit just spontaneously broke out. And I was like, oh God, oh God, I just got to start punching my way through it, you know? <laughs> and I got, you know, I got helped out of there and that was fucking awesome. And I was really, I told the guy um, again and it turns out he, he's with his girlfriend, but she was in the way back and I, I went up to her. I'm like, oh my God, your boyfriend is the best. He saved my life. She's like, yeah, he does that all the time. It was really cute. She's like, and she's like, I'm so proud of him. He does it all the time. I'm like you should be. That's, that's awesome. Um, and then just a couple years ago, it had to be only, I don't know, two years ago, I, I rarely go see live music these days. And my, my friends and I were in Cincinnati, and um, we saw we went to see Eagles of Death Metal. We made an exception. The show was starting early because it was like a Thursday night. We're like, well, we can do this. It's starting at 9 o'clock. We can, we can, we can pretend we're young again. And literally... One of the couples I was with, their grandparents. Like, we're literally that old at this point, right? We're not, I mean, we're all rockers. I mean, we all, you know, we're all still cool as fuck. But so we, we get there early, of course, and we're, we want to get as close to the stage as we can. And um, one of our friends was absolutely in love with What's His Head. And um, so we all have our beers, and this dude keeps bumping into me. He's like talking and flailing his arms, and he's a big guy. And it, and I, so I moved over and I moved, and finally I was like, God damn it. Like I've moved over like 20 paces at this point. So I turned him like, Hey, you keep bumping into me. Can you please just be careful and be aware? And he just gave me this look and turned around again. And the people that were with him didn't, I don't still don't even know if they were with him actually. Cause they kind of looked at him like, uh, so my girlfriend, I keep giving her this face. She switches with me. So now she's up against the guy and I'm facing him. And so he does it to her hard twice and she turned so one of our other girlfriends taps on the shoulder and goes hey dude you keep fucking bumping into all of us and spilling our beers can you just be considerate and he looks at her and goes fuck you bitch her husband is standing right next to her her husband had to reach over three people to punch this guy in the face (laughs) like you don't say fuck you bitch to my wife you know like that's not okay 
I mean, we would have got, we were lunging for him too, you know, but here we are grandparents, you know, old people. (laughs) And so this guy, so then our other friend Jason gets in the middle of it to try and calm it down and he headbutts Jason, like fucking headbutts him in the nose. Blood goes all over me, all over my face, all over my shirt. We finally get the guy on the ground and we're all kicking him and punching him. And I pour my beer over his head, just trying to get him to fucking stop, you know. And the bouncers came and took him away. And we look up and the band had come on the stage and they're just sitting there watching all of this. And they're like, damn, I want to party with you guys. And we're all just like, you have no idea. We're not this cool or interesting or fun. We're actually really boring people. This is super covered in beer and blood. that's pretty fucking metal as metal as you get Jesse throws his towel to Jason to like wipe his face and and gives Jason his drink and because I guess he saw him get head butted and you know he was asking all you ladies are you all okay I mean you guys are badasses but are you okay we're like yeah yeah we're good we're good let's just fucking rock out now Um, and thank god the bouncers realized this guy was belligerent and let our friend Terry's husband back in um, and that guy was gone forever but like really I just wanted to stand there and see some rock for like we just didn't need that experience. <laughs> so stupid. Wait, I feel what, what, what band was it that you went to see? You don't you don't remember? It was Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. not even like there's not even like anything. I don't know. Like I don't even. How could you even mosh to a band like that? You don't. So I would have never. We weren't on alert. We weren't like. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like we didn't have our stance. Right, right. We weren't ready. And it didn't. It's. I don't know. It doesn't seem yeah. like a band that would attract douchey people like that anyway. So. <laughs> they come out of the woodworks. They come out of the woodworks. Oh yeah. They'll be there. Yeah. Well, you're gonna get kicked in the head, and you're gonna get beer poured on you. And punch in the yeah. face and punch in the back. I mean, I was trying to get his liver spot. Like, I was going for the liver several times. <laughs> like a whole <laughs> He was huge. It took several of us oh to God. take him down. That's funny. <laughs> so ridiculous. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so, the last question I want to ask all of you guys is, um, often, Jake and Ed and Matt and I get to talk about our favorite moments in music like just some just you know i mean we all have tons of them but because we cover a different band every week or talk about a a, a certain period in time we get to relive some of these moments which is so such a great feeling um and i love hearing other people's stories of these moments so if you guys would go around the room and just give me like one moment that that stands out for you or that comes to mind first about a really good music memory I mean, I just told a really bad one. <laughs> That's good. Kind of That's good and bad. It's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have a story, but I, I don't know if it's necessarily a music moment. But um, so I talked about, you know, being in a mosh pit pregnant with my son. And, <laughs> and, um, and so then, of course, after he was born, I continued taking him to my husband's shows. And... Um, Everybody thought it was really awesome. We had, you know, ear protection, obviously, mm-hmm. for him. And um, one of the evenings happened to be on his birthday, and the band sang uh, <gasps> a, a rock version of Happy Birthday, and we got pictures of his little thing. He was two years old, Aww. and he was just like, oh, Aww, my God. that's awesome. He's, he's just like, oh, my God, the whole band is singing Happy Birthday. Aww. Oh, my God. It was, it was a great moment. So that that was really 
That's an awesome. That's a fucking awesome moment. I love that. That's great. I want to band to sing me happy birthday while I have ear protection on and someone's carrying me around. <laughs> I like the whole scenario. <laughs> I want the ear protection. I want someone to carry me, preferably hand me drinks, and then for a band to sing happy birthday to me. So anybody who's listening, my birthday's in April. Um, that is what I'm looking forward to having on my birthday. <laughs> Carry me around with your protection. <laughs> Kayla, what about you? Um, I was thinking about it. Um, I mean, there's so many, but um, I had one that came like came to my mind because we've been because I mentioned Esperanza Spalding and the de-evolution of Emily. I went and saw her. She did a very um, like crazy small tour all across America where she was showing up at very small locations, even though she's like you know, a Grammy award winning artist, like she can book out all like stadiums if she wants to. So she just went to, I think it was third and Lindsley maybe. And it was pretty small. She just wanted to do very intimate shows, which I already love, you know, like that's already cool. Um, I'm obsessed with her. Like if I could be an artist, I might be, I like, that'd be awesome if I could be her. And, um, she has a song called funk the fear, live your life. And I don't know, like, I wasn't even drinking <laughs> this <laughs> night. Like, it wasn't even, like, I can't even blame it on the alcohol. I She was singing Funk the Fear, Live Your Life. And I was just in, you know, making transitions in my life, uh, dealing with a whole lot. Um, you know, we talked about discrimination a lot this episode. And I think that um, it's just something that I've had a lot of confrontation with. And I was in a really dark part of that confrontation and um she was singing this and like i'm like watching her i'm so close to her i'm like like she this is such an intimate stage and she might like someone who i look up to so much is like telling me like stop being afraid live your life and it was just such a cool moment i'm like tearing up like watching her and i mean there's a million different moments where music has just like done that like it's moved me changed me um, and yeah, funk the fear, live your life. It's so cheesy, but I was like, yes, I will. I will live my life. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. That's really, that's really, really good. I'm glad I asked this question. Good. Jenny, what about you? Um, it's a mini, mini music moment. One of those driving in my car kind of moments. Nice. I, I had my son. And I had gone back to work and, um, you know, after you have your kid, you don't quite feel like yourself, your body's changed, you feel different, Mm. you know, and in your head, like, I got to get back into how it used to be. But, you know, you're always, you know, your life is, is, is never, it's never the same. And I had a hard time with going back to work, like a really, really hard time. And I remember being really upset about it every day. I would cry every day. And I, I pumped. I had a little pumping room at work. I would oh. pump my breasts and be like crying. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I was in the car and I was on my way home to pick up my, my, my little baby from daycare. And this song came on. And holy balls, I can't remember the name of the song. Oh, Jesus. That's terrible. <laughs> and I just I remember hearing this pop song just out of nowhere and it was just super empowering and it just made me feel so good and I'm like I I can't oh my gosh uh, a, a small boat on the ocean uh, uh, fuck what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's so popular <laughs> I knew what song you're talking about 
You know, it's like like a small boat on the ocean making big waves in the ocean. But, Keep hmm. singing it. Um, I put my tongue. I can't remember. I can't remember it, guys. Shit. Is it um, called Fight Song by Rachel yes, Platten? This is my fight song. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Oh, man. I remember just welling up in tears. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking take back my life. Like, this is it. This, I don't, And I, I remember thinking that. And I freaking, the little things. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to freaking brush my hair today i'm gonna paint my nails and i'm gonna look at everything in a different light and just from listening to that one freaking song in that one moment and i pulled myself out of my funk and after that it was just like everything was positive and it was it was great it, that 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 might be a good that's yeah that's a good moment for me that was nice that's good i like that i like that a lot yeah, they're so all uh, they're so different i love that all three of your moments are so different that's so <laughs> great sailor um so yeah as i'm listening to you guys i'm like you know i'm thinking of you know i saw slayer once and like fucking they started playing rain and blood and lightning and thunder happened because it was outdoor <laughs> like at the moment that they hit the first note and everybody was kind of like what you know i mean that was a cool moment you know i've i've had i'm lucky enough i've had a lot of very very cool moments in music um and i've had moments of my own being on stage you know and experiencing that um, but I have to say, I think my coolest moment in music, oh God, I'm going to talk about this without getting emotional and it might sound like fucked up and dark for people, it but it's too. not for me. It's a, it's a beautiful, happy moment. Um, my father had a stroke and did not survive his stroke. Um, he lasted a couple days in the hospital and I'm the oldest child. So I was in charge of, um, everything, <laughs> is kind of how it goes. Um, and I had to make a decision about how his life was going to end. Um, and it's, a, I'm very good in a crisis, so I can, you know, kind of separate my emotion and just, you know, I, I said to the doctors, the best thing you can do for me is talk to me with science right now. That's, that's how I roll. Like, do the science thing. I'm going to understand it and get it because I'm not a dummy and because that's literally what's happening. My emotion is fucking irrelevant here in this decision, you know. Then I can actually take the time to experience whatever I'm going to experience emotionally. So let's just get this over with. I have to make this decision. And it really, in the end, really wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't going to survive. But, um I knew exactly what he wanted. I had asked him to fill out a living will and a will and tell me all, you know, everything. And um, so I got, we got about two and a half days with him. And um, my brother came flying into Ohio from New York and his sisters came from New York as well. I kind of sounded the alarm. And I was a little nervous about how this was going to happen as I was realizing like it was a thing that was going to happen that I kind of had control over, which is a weird thing to be in control of. Um, but for your parents, it's a beautiful thing in the end. And, uh, so we, I put, I pulled my phone out and I had Pandora at the time and I pulled up Jimi Hendrix and put it right next to his head. Um, he was a rocker, you know, both my parents were, my dad more, much more so. And we shared, that's one thing that we shared a lot was music. One of the few things we shared because we didn't have much of a relationship when I was growing up, um, 
And when I got into music as an as a business, he was really proud of me and thought it was really cool. And I was like, oh, my God, my dad thinks I'm cool. That's so cool. Because I always <laughs> thought he was cool. And, you know, awesome. um, and I just remember, like, choosing. Then I all of a sudden I got into it. I got into choosing what songs were going into his head as he's leaving this earth, you know. And it became, like, really important. And it, and it became, like, it was kind of like a huge responsibility, you know. And, um and so his favorite was Jimi Hendrix. He also loved um, Cream. He was a huge Clapton fan. He loved Fleetwood Mac. He liked the folky stuff too. But he was he was a rocker. He loved the Who. Loved the Who. Um, he also had amazing stories of going to see bands live. My dad was one of those guys that would just accidentally be somewhere and some fucking incredible thing would happen to him. Like okay. it's ridiculous. Um, and so he went out to Jimi Hendrix. He took his last breath to Hendrix. And um, it was a really beautiful moment. He was there for my first breath, and I was there for his last breath. And um, we did it through music. And every time Jimi Hendrix comes on now, I'm like, hey, Dad. I kind of feel like, you know, it's kind of our thing. And and I I, I saw that as... I, I see that as a great music memory because it helped me through what would have been like, you know, you're singing in a fucking hospital. Hospitals in the U.S. are awful. You know, they're not comfortable. There's nothing beautiful or cozy or warm about it. You're hearing beeping and bells and hopefully that's all you're hearing, you know, from other people. And so we had this music around us and music that we knew. I mean, we had no doubt that this is what my dad would have wanted. So I, I just think that's a, to me, that's a really, really good, good moment and a good music memory. Yeah. That's an awesome one. I love that. Thanks. Goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) I could have said, you know, other things that weren't as powerful, but I mean, you know, you, Jenny and Carolyn, you guys talked about your children and that's, that's huge. That's hugely powerful. And Kayla, I, I know a lot of your story, and I know it, my story may seem powerful, but yours are way equally or even more so powerful because I have not had the experience where I've had to leave my child to go to work and separate myself from them, and I've not had the experience where you know I get to see the the happiness on my child's face as his dad's up on stage singing happy birthday to him. That's amazing. Or, you know, to feel empowered by, you know, someone who's singing your, singing your soul to you, singing your truth to you. That that I have experienced. Like when someone's singing your truth to you, damn, you're, you're invincible in that moment when you're hearing your truth. That's the great thing about music. It transcends time. It's just, I can hear a song that I haven't heard in in years and I'm instantly put in that place and that time and for some reason know every single word to a song I haven't heard in years and it's 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 amazing music is it's it's awesome you know I say all the time like I can't remember what I ate for lunch last week Mm -hmm. I can't remember you know the address of the house I grew up in I wish I can't remember people's phone numbers anymore but I can remember all the fucking words to ice ice baby (laughs) I don't need that in my head. Like, let's put that in the trash and so another file can be saved. But that's how music works. I can sing yeah. the whole song to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. My, when my nephew, my first nephew was a baby, my cousin and I, we were at my wedding and we were trying to put him to sleep. And I looked at her, I'm like, do you know any lullabies? And she's like, what family did you grow up in? I'm like, yeah, I don't either. So we started singing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We're like, I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. Said, move over to auntie and uncle to Bel-Air. And this is what we sang to this kid. I'm going to try that on my son next time. 
Wow. <laughs> Why? That's a killer nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good morals to that story, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Barriers, breaking stereotypes. There you go. Boom. <laughs> I got it all right there. <laughs> Why do I know that shit? I don't need to know that. <laughs> I don't need that saved in my head. It'll be okay. <laughs> The problem is, is that you've started it. I've heard a couple lines, and now I'm gonna like be burning <laughs> yep. in my soul until I can finish the lyrics. Like once we were done with this podcast, I'm gonna go sing it to myself. I don't care if anyone else is around or not. Okay, I have to finish it. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> there are so many. I'll say this. This is what another thing that's fucking weird about about music and lyrics and beats and and rhythm and tones. There's some of my most favorite songs, and I still can't remember every single lyric to it. Even though, Mm -hmm. like, I've read the lyrics several times, I have Mm -hmm. listened to the song way more times than I've listened to Ice Ice Baby. I've never (laughs) read the lyrics to Ice Ice Baby. Never. Hopefully I'm saying the right thing the whole time. I think so. Um, (laughs) But I know every single word to the fucking song. And I wasn't even a Vanilla Ice fan. (laughs) I'm pretty yeah. sure I was making fun of it every time I sang it. <laughs> that's the, like that's how when I was growing up because my mom was actually a singer and uh, she still is. She sings a lot and she wrote music. Actually, we moved to Tennessee because she was a songwriter awesome. and she's got you know a huge collection. Everything I ever learned, like you know, if I had to memorize something for school, if I needed to know my my phone number, my address from a very young age, it was all taught in song. Yeah. Like, I learned how to yeah. count by, like, fives. I was like, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. <laughs> it was like, everything was like a song. Everything had to be a song. But, like, it's the, like, it's it's that way on purpose. I don't know. It, like, it gets inside of your head, and it's meant to be there. And then there's other stuff that just moves you, and it, it changes you. And you're not going to necessarily, like, memorize all the words mm-hmm. from it, but your life has been changed because of it. Yeah. You know, you've got a muscle memory, not maybe, a like, a, a lyrical memory, but you've feel it in your body like your soul got moved and it doesn't forget absolutely um jenny i already know the answer to this question that i'm going to ask carolyn because of matt but um carolyn what do you guys play for your son what kind of music is he growing up on <laughs> he's growing up in a lot of rock nice yeah <laughs> yeah no he he was actually so my husband discovered ghost and then he immediately became obsessed with ghost and uh and and that that right now is his absolute favorite band and he had a guitar from the age of three and can kind of play it how old is he (laughs) now he's seven seven okay okay but he of all things yesterday we pulled it down for him and he was playing jingle bells (laughs) (laughs) he's like there's a chill in the air There's, it's funny because I feel like there's two, I don't feel like there's like middle ground. I, I, I know a lot of parents and they're strictly like the baby songs, the kids songs. Oh. Like, you know, you get in their car and it's all these kids CDs and shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I want to poke my eyes out, you know. <laughs> and then there's parents that are like, no, you're listening to what we listen to because that's what you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had I had family members buy us the 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 singalongs and yeah. the little cards and stuff. No, no, I, I, I'd be like out the window in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was like, 
also make good coasters. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I um I I I'm now living very close to my nephews and my niece, and um, it's funny. My sister didn't grow up with the same passion for music that I did, and I, I don't really I don't know why. I mean, we're we're different people, of course, but. Um, yeah, she, she, it's not the same. So I would ask the kids all the time. Most people are like, you know, when I would be calling them like, oh, how's school? I hated that question. So I just mm-hmm. vowed I would never ask them that. I've done it a few times by accident. But I would say, what are you listening to? And they were always like, I don't know, whatever. And so finally when I got here, I was like, guys, what do you want to listen to? I'm going to put on Spotify when we drive to the beach. You get to choose a song. And everybody would get to take turns. Pick one song. And it really made them think. And all of a sudden they could tell me oh, there's, well, there's this song, there's this band, there's this, and I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would okay. start playing things for them. And one one day, my, one of my nephews, Chad, goes, is, is this the band you said it's called Motorhead? I'm like, yes, it is. That's right. Good job. And then, like, a couple weeks later, Connor got in the car, and he's like, this is Metallica. I know this already. And I was like, uh-huh. fancy man, excuse me. So, like, I, I quizzed them on it, and now, like, all of a sudden, they're super into it. But the most hilarious thing is if you ask them all about, tell me what you think metal is. Tell me what you think uh, death metal is. Tell me what you think, like, you know, all these different genres of music. It's hilarious what they say. It's so funny and it's so age based because the seven year old will say something totally different than the 14 year olds. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> so, funny story, funny story here. My husband is a huge George Lynch fan. So, we're talking Doc and we're talking Lynch mob. Um, George Lynch came to town you know, before our son was born. So, a long, at least 10, less than 10 years ago. And he got to have a private guitar listen with him and play with him. And Whoa. we actually talked about it tonight wow. because he was putting at the guitar in the background. He was like, what's that guitar and what's that album? And, <laughs> and my husband was telling the story and he was like, oh my God, you've lived such a crazy life. You got to play guitar with George Lynch from Dawkins and that's our seven-year-old. Oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> It's cool that, you know, your kids get to have that appreciation of of music and he's seven. Like, that's so cool. That's phenomenal. Oh, my God. I love that. That Yeah. That's that's like when my parents would tell me about Woodstock. I'm like, they were both at Woodstock. And as a matter of fact, it's kind of was the beginning of their relationship. Um, Go figure and I pop out, you know, so it's not too shocking, I guess. Um, But to hear them tell the stories about Woodstock, my, my dad had... My dad had an incredible memory. Um, he was had a near photographic memory, so I would get a lot of my life clued in by him because my mom's like, well, I don't know. There was this. I'm not sure. And I'm like, oh, forget asking my mom anything. But my dad could, like, tell Viv. And he told me, especially as I got older, he told me some crazy shit that went down at Woodstock that he experienced. And then they ended up driving across the country together to California. They're in New York. Wow. They were near, and because that's what everybody was doing back then. And it was my mom and her best friend and another gal. And then there was my dad, my uncle, maybe two of my uncles or one of his friends, all in a van and went across country in 1969 out to California. Wow. And that's an insane story. But the things that my dad would tell me, oh, yeah, I went to this Who concert. 
and Keith Moon was still alive, and, like, this happened, and then all of a sudden, like, I got a drumstick, and then a cymbal cracked, and he threw it at me, and I caught it, and I was like, hey, I leaned into the stage, I caught your fucking cymbal, because that's my dad, and then all of a sudden, they were like, let's have a beer after the show, I'm like, shut the fuck up, (laughs) I mean, he kept, and he kept everything, too, he had the most incredible stories about meeting these bands, and, um, he was, uh, he was a Ginsu knife salesman for a long time. Oh, Again, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember. I was yeah. <laughs> What's up, Mom? I don't know what that is. <laughs> it was one of the, before the, um, before the sh- home shopping shows where they, like, you know, peddle their shit. You did it at state yeah. fairs or in stores. And so yeah. he, him, him and my uncle were the Ginsu knife guys. And so they had, like, the little microphone thing. I'm like, you can slice no. it. You can dice it. You can do this. No. You can do that. Yeah. Yeah, swear to God. But my dad was a very talented artist and chef. So, um, and he actually wrote a book with two other chefs called How to Garnish. And now it's cheesy as fuck. But, um, like, they made a, a, the Mayflower out of a watermelon. He can make sharks out of cucumbers. Like, when he saw pretty ladies, he'd be like, hey, he'd be like, oh, ma'am, come on over here. And he'd be like, and all of a sudden he'd have a rose out of a radish. He's so fucking cheesy. And he'd be like, a rose for the beautiful lady. And I'd be like, oh. when I was younger, I was like, oh, it's so cool. And then as I got older, I'd be like, ugh, gross. Bleah. <laughs> so he was considered a rock star because he's on this stupid stage at county and state favors. <laughs> And there'd be all these ladies around. I'm like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> a radish. It's like a radish. Oh my god, you made a shark, a, cu- a cucumber, a shark. Oh my god, how do you do that? Oh, you're a miracle worker. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Ladies, man. Oh, yeah. And, but they would play rock. Like, him and my uncle oh, are total rockers. So. They'd be playing, like, Cream or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then they'd have these moments where they'd stop when there was, like, a g- cool, like, guitar solo. And they'd pause what they were carving or, <laughs> or garnishing. <laughs> I think back now, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, get the fuck That's out of here. adorable. I love it. <laughs> it's pretty badass. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, man. Well, guys... Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Um, it was great. I had so much fun getting to know you better, Carolyn. was a blast. Kayla, I feel like the band's back together again. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I love it. And Jenny, just so you know, I heard from our editor extraordinaire who thought you did, quote unquote, amazing <laughs> and now Matt's like she's gonna do better than me she's gonna end up taking oh, no. over my role <laughs> oh, my God. yeah so I'm super excited to um for all you guys to tune in hopefully once a month it'll be the first Friday of every month we will um have our brand new show called pretty good for a girl um, right here on Metal Rock and Whiskey with yours truly and my co-host Jenny, along with a regular rotation of badass babes. And I hope you gals will come back, please, and be on the show again, Kayla and Carolyn. Sure. Absolutely. So thank For you sure. so much. Thank you. Jenny? Well, this, this was really awesome, ladies. It was really great getting to know the both of you. It, it was, you guys are amazing um and I know 
we all have really busy schedules, so thank you for taking the time out to, to come and meet with us. To all of our listeners, our fellow metal rock and whiskey obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. Find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, reviews, questions, suggestions, concerns, and comments about the show. And don't be a dick. I know. And I always say, I don't want to hear your fucking concerns. Just don't. And then he says, don't be a dick. Concerned for Jenny. Me too. (laughs) You can also follow us um, individually on Instagram. Um, You can follow me. Actually, my account is private. I'll have to maybe make a fresh one for yeah sure. you should but you can follow my hubby if you'd like um he's um at the whiskey obsessed obsessor <laughs> that's whiskey save the e um, <laughs> um ladies you want to give out your your handles as well sure um i'm at cadellis that's at k-a-d-e-l-l-i-s and i am at Holic. That is S-A-H-L-C-O-H-O-L-I-C. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Sailor Retro, and you can find all these ladies. They they follow me, and I follow them on Instagram. I'm easy to find all over the place, Twitter, Facebook, all that shit, blah, blah, whatever. Um, quick shout-out to uh, to some of our friends, um, Scotch Test Dummies. Um, we love those guys. Um, please excuse my dead aunt Sally. If you guys are not listening to that podcast, you must subscribe and listen to it. It's some of the funniest shit, the weirdest, brilliant, funniest shit ever. It's very short, so it doesn't take a lo- take up a lot of your time. You can actually call in, no shit, like with an actual phone, and call in a question or comment and leave a message, and they'll play it on the show and then answer you. And we have done that a few times. Uh, well, I have definitely done it a few times. Um, <laughs> they're they're super great. Um, so definitely give them a listen. Um, also, my friend, I want to say, he doesn't know I exist, but my friend D. <laughs> Snyder of Twisted Sister. What's up, D? <laughs> who's been l- liking some of my Twitter responses to him. Um, <laughs> he has a podcast called I Want to Talk, kind of like, I want to rock. Um, and he's <laughs> hopefully going to be on the show sometime. Uh, please support my campaign and ask D. Snyder to be on the Metal Rock and Whiskey show. I think he would be a perfect guest. Um, he's awesome. Yeah. And uh, as always, our ladies at the Drinking Darlings. And um, who else? Who am I missing? Uh, Luscious Life. Cocktail Maven. Those ladies, definitely. Let's just say if you want to hear um, in-depth about cocktails and spirits and all the shit that Kayla and I nerd out about, um, <laughs> they do a fantastic job. And um, soon-ish, Kayla and I will also, as intended a long time ago, have yeah. our show called Love on the Rocks, which will be um, you know, really based on historical stuff. Like We both like to nerd out on the history of spirits and cocktails and drinks and the culture. Um, but it's just a little bit different than a lot of the other stuff that's out there. Uh, once a month, you'll be able to hear that here on Metal Rock and Whiskey as well. And that's it. Now I'm going to shut the fuck up. Well, no, wait. No, I'm not. No. I got I got to do Jake's part. Damn it! You got to take us out. Well, you got to use your Jake voice. <laughs> oh shit! All right, I use my Jake voice. <laughs> I wish I wish we had kept recording the other night at the end of the show. Um, 
we all get a little tipsy on, um, I mean, we've gotten a lot tipsy on the show, but, you know, we're usually tipsy. So at the end of it, damn, I need to keep recording. Jake went on and on about this spice that he started, ta- we started talking about cooking. I don't know why. And like, cause he cooks for his kids a lot. And, you know, and he got mad at Ed cause Ed didn't know this Tony Chatchers. <laughs> and he's like, like, like he, he was like, like Ed, you got to get the Tony Chatchers. And the way he kept saying it with his awesome Michigan accent, I can't even do it, was so fucking good. And I thought we had it recorded, but we didn't. Um, so I got to try to get him to say it again when he's had a little bit to drink and get him to replicate that Tony Chatchers. So that's what I'm thinking of in my in my head right now when I do Jake's part. So, all right. This was a lot of fun, guys. Hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. If you enjoyed the show, please tune in next week. But now, my glass is empty, and it's time to go. Be sure to tip your waitress. We're out. And then I say, fuck you, Lars. And then Ed plays this. <laughs> <laughs>